Jason Tucker, and this is WP Water Cooler episode number 304. Steve, what? Four episodes without you. No. Official, <laughs> official toggle says. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you very much for all you folks for coming on the show and hanging out with us today. I really appreciate it. Um, I also want to say uh, thank you very much for our sponsor, which is Desktop Server Makers uh, or Server Press Makers Desktop Server. They're, they're awesome folks for helping us out with this particular episode. I want to say thank you very much to them. Let's go around the room real quick, get everyone introduced. Jonathan, tell us, about, tell us a little bit about yourself. Wow, the mouth thing is not working. <laughs> uh, I, um, I love WordPress and uh, I love North Idaho. Nice. Good to Not have you in on. that order or in that order. Steve, how about you? Tell us a bit about yourself. I am Steve Zengit. I'm the founder of Zeek Interactive and I run the OC WordPress meetup. Awesome. Uh-huh. Cosper, hey, hey, everybody. I am Jason Cosper, uh, AKA Post Formats Malone. What it do? <laughs> uh, Leo, how about you? Hey everyone, I'm Leo. I'm one of the co-organizers of the Long Beach WordPress Meetup Group. Uh, and uh, we're prepping for WordCamp Orange County 2019, which is coming up in just a few weeks. What, Steve, is it 12, 13 weeks? Uh, yeah, about You no, can just tell us the date instead yeah. of making end us of a time and date. <laughs> end, of, end of April. All right. Nice. How about, uh, um, how about you, George? Oh, we'll make an announcement. Go for it, Steve. No, I'll make an announcement in a minute. All right, sounds good. George, how about you? Uh, hi, I'm George Stefanos. I work at Automatic building random shiny things on the uh, Jetpack Catalyst team, uh, where we do all sorts of partnerships and building integrations and shiny things. Um, Is that a new team? Yes. Well, new to me. I just rotated over there uh, this Ooh. week. So. Now you're a Catalyst. That's one of my favorite I words. I, I love that I'm word. a Dogalist team. And, <laughs> and, um, and we list. Now, Steve is with the OC WordPress meetup. Um, we just needed to get like an OG WordPress meetup now. <laughs> well, say could start the LBC WordPress meetup. No, that's Leo. <laughs> I'm oh, not. Yeah, you know me. The rest is South Bay. I just want to call this. Say Reed has still never been to the Long Beach WordPress meetup group, and I will continue to put her on blast until she shows up. At least. Oh, look, there's one on January 15th. And I will be seven. there. So you can be there. The gun and jerkins thing. It's like I knew that or something. But it's in North Long Beach. Let's be real about whether or not that's Long Beach. No, just kidding. South Lakewood or North Long Beach, right? Right, exactly. So how about that you? was useful to everyone on this global <laughs> broadcast. Hi. How about you say? Tell Hi, I'm Say. I live in Long Beach. Um, uh, yeah, but like South Long Beach, I... you know. Major no, I'm not, I'm not directionist. Sleep WordPress. I'm not directionist. Yeah, thanks, Steve. <laughs> Let's get you back on track. Back on line, track. Line. Uh, make WordPress, teach WordPress, preach WordPress. I just wanted to say, I know we're not talking about Gutenberg, but I oh, have been writing my first um, Gutenberg workshop. Nice. And it's Guten good. Awesome. <laughs> I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over on Twitter at Jason Tucker. My website is jasontucker.blog. I do this show and I do another show called WP Blab. Feel free to go take a look at that. That happens on Thursdays. Uh, last Thursday or yesterday. We, we didn't do it yesterday, but we'll definitely be doing it next week. So uh, feel free to go take a look at that. Very, very quick announcement. Uh, yeah. 
County is April 27th and 28th. And, tw- and on April 28th, uh, we are having our fifth annual plug in a palooza. Uh, mm-hmm. Deadline is today. Plug in palooza. It is what? What is plug in palooza? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Why are you uh, asking, Leo? <laughs> Plug in a Palooza is a, uh, a contest essentially where uh, a bunch of people uh, get together and uh, create a plugin uh, between now and WordCamp um, and submit it to uh, the plugin repository. Um, and, and then it gets judged on the spot at, uh, at, at WordCamp. Uh, one of our judges is on with us today, Jason Cosmer, a returning judge. He will be a judge again. <laughs> Um, and the first prize uh, for this contest is three thousand dollars. Oh, that went up. Three thousand for first prize, fifteen hundred for second prize. That's and like the most you're going to get for putting a plugin in the repository. In addition, like in addition, dollar, dollar, the top bill, two, y'all. the top two get a uh, a Securi uh, Enterprise license uh, uh, from Lifetime? our generous sponsor, okay. Lifetime. Uh, oh, no, really? That's like millions it of dollars. Is. I think it. I think I think it is a lifetime license, or as long as you live. I guess I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know how they judge. I don't know how they determine the lifetime. But the, the lifetime the business is sold. If you'd like, if you'd like uh, more information on plugging a palooza, uh, you can go to the WordCamp Orange County site, which is uh, awesome. Well, thanks for that, Steve. I appreciate that. So let's talk a little bit about AMP. Do we so, have to? Um, yeah, we have to. Do you Let's mean accelerated mobile pages? Let's get yeah. amped. But it's not just mobile pages, right? Let's amplify this discussion. <laughs> so I, I have that, some. I have, isn't that what it stands I some, for? I have some issues with AMP, and so what? you know, um, last last uh, last episode, um, just after, just after the episode ended, so no one was there except for Jonathan and I. We were talking a little bit about AMP and how like how much AMP kind of pisses me off when it comes to like the the standard way that amp is set up so it's usually like google.com slash amp slash your domain name and i'm like whoa this isn't even my own stuff like this is somebody else's stuff i mean it's google and everything's probably going through google anyhow but just the fact that that domain name isn't my domain name it's it's somebody else's domain name and i do know that there's other ways of doing this where you can kind of um, have it go through your own domain and then do some things on your own end but for most of the publications I'm looking at, I just see that you end up going to an AMP site that's generated by Google, and then I'm now trying to share a very nice, clean little link, and I have to essentially deconstruct a URL to be able to share that link out to Facebook, Twitter, what have you. It, it, and maybe I'm not, I'm not understanding this correctly, but it, couldn't you just share the AMP link for your site? Would it, would it then forward over to the Google link? Is... Am I missing something here? Let's say that I'm going to put it in an email and it's going to be just a text-based email. Okay. So no, no fancy HTML, no fancy nothing, just a link. And it's going to end up being this long instead of this long. I would like to point out that if you're only sending text-based email emails with no fancy anything, a link is not the biggest part of your marketing strategy. <laughs> what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, I'm trying to show the fact that it doesn't matter that uh, a whole bunch of like, uh, you know, oh, um, any like um, open graph stuff's happening or any of those sorts of things. I just want to say that I'm sharing a link. It's to not something. your stuff. You want it to be a message via whoever. Yeah. I I think we probably should actually stop and pause and describe what AMP is literally first. Let's do that. We should. Which is why a bunch of really cool things you're talking about. 
Yeah, which is why I brought that up because for most people, they're just looking at it going like, what the heck's this big old crazy URL? And am I being hosted through Google right now? And I'm trying to represent yes. the, the the every person. Um, I would also just I, I would I agree we need to go into this, but I would also like to point out that the average person not really looking at links and um, just clicking, and then also uh, the uh, browsers these days barely show the full link now anyway so the browsers these days i swear browsers these days you know when i was a kid (laughs) leo take it away so at a really really basic level amp is three things right first you have lockdown components that also have a lot of flexibility second is you have these uh high performance uh scripts that are written to sort of allow for dynamic components to load things dynamically. And the third thing is you have this idea of cache, AMP cache, to serve things at edge for the various components of this stuff to be served at, uh, at a remote origin. So when right. you're looking at a link from Google that's serving from AMP, you're actually getting it on a Google server. So you're getting it even faster than you would be getting even on a high, you know, high-powered server. Sweet. Um, however... Oh. However, it gets even crazier than Free that. Google. <laughs> there are there are additional people that go beyond Google that have been doing quite a bit of work with AMP. So AMP is an open source project. It's not just Google. They've actually shifted their model a few weeks ago, a few months ago now at this point, uh, to a fully open governance project. So it's no longer just Google. It's also people like Bing and Cloudflare and a ton of other people. Uh, so there are all sorts of people who are using the power of this technology as a sort of like packaging sort of way to be able to deliver content at edge. So, for example, you could be using Cloudflare and get a fast AMP experience that has nothing to do with Google whatsoever. Hmm. Um, so, should we just and, not design websites anymore? And should we just like do like an AMP site? Like, can I just throw my content in AMP and be like, okay, so it works hundred percent with, you know? I think I think that depends on your business goals, right? I think it depends on where your audience is and where they're where they're. Um, uh, reading your content or viewing your content. It always well, comes down to what's your intention because yeah. on the web, we can do anything, right? Like in theory, you know, within limits and stuff. Uh, but like most of these things we can do. So it's like, what are you trying to do? If you're just trying to maintain a fully independent indie web, fully independent thing, there are ways to do that. Well, the thing that's a, a big advantage of AMP versus, say, like Google, uh, sorry, Facebook Instant Articles or uh, Apple News is that you are allowed to store your content wherever you can have all of that control. And it isn't necessarily living on a remote service that is controlled by Google or anyone else for that matter. You actually have a lot more flexibility, a lot more ownership, a lot more tailored ability to be able to make this stuff work. So for what you're describing from an indie web perspective, like AMP is more in that vein. Um but it's, it's a pretty powerful way to produce a pre-painted, fast mobile experience. But also, it works really well on desktop. Um, so I should probably like let you guys know that for, what, a good seven or eight months, I was the product owner for the AMP for WordPress plugin. Um, and Jonathan just dropped a note into our chat. Uh, AMP-WP.org, uh, you can read about all the stuff. It's quite a big deal. But uh, for us, the AMP plugin for WordPress is a big deal. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of stuff that we've spent to make it as easy as possible to make AMP sites. Uh, because traditionally, it took a lot of effort to be able to make this stuff happen automatically. You just have to actually create your own custom templates. And now we have a, we've written a bunch of stuff in WordPress that makes it so that these templates can be generated automatically. Um, and additionally, give you the tools to be able to check for errors and to check for different ways to make your site uh, AMP ready uh, by default. Um, there's two things I want to convey from, like, I, from a big picture perspective about AMP. When I first started looking at AMP, because we've all, it's been around for a couple of years now. It's like pushing three plus years, if I'm recalling correctly. 
And I remember reading a lot of pieces at the time, um, a lot of different, different thoughts and perspective, and most of it was pretty negative. And I remember starting to look into it about a year ago. And there's just something like, I'm just naturally curious about these things. So if something's so polarizing, like what's, what's going on behind the scenes, like what's, what's the kind of the bigger story here. Um, and that can take you kind of down a rabbit hole pretty quickly, but I realized it's very, a lot of people were just echoing what they'd heard someone else say. That's, which is a very common thing. Like that's what we do as humans, not a big deal. It's just, but it happens. It's like, Oh, I, someone said something negative about this. And so I, and it's someone I trust. So I sort of echo that opinion. Um, one of the things that really struck me about the project, and this is, we run into this with WordPress too, is the challenge of doing things in the open. And because it came out of Google, it naturally was going to get a whole lot more scrutiny than other things. But the reality is like what AMP started with wasn't anywhere near like the vision that the folks who started working on it had in mind. It's like, well, we're going to start with something. We're going to put it out in the open, but many people formed their opinions about what they saw three years ago. So I think that that to me was an important piece of the narrative for myself is like, oh, wow, this Wait. is like a, this is literally a moving target. Like, it, uh, I'm it, sorry, are, are, we, are we talking about Amp or Gutenberg right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Amp or WordPress plugin actually does have custom Gutenberg locks. So, you know. Well, but this is, this is a good thing. Well, when we talk about I, open source. I wanna, go ahead. Well, I yes, just wanted please. to follow up or, or ask about a point you made, you know, you're like the folks who are originally making Amp. Let's, you know, obviously you guys have been involved in this in, for a long time. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like before it was Googleified or went through that, you know, kind of web echo Is that chamber. a word? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then, you know, what, what was the intention? Because originally when I first learned about AMP, it was about, you know, delivering content quickly for, you know, I would even say like education is like remote access stuff. Like when people are out, you know, yeah. not having good internet, et cetera, et cetera. Like that is my fundamental under, understanding of what its point is. Can you speak to that? Sure. sure. Uh, I, Go ahead, Leo. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the origin like Malta and the project? Yeah, I can talk about it in a couple different ways. So from a, from a high level, the problem, with, the problem with mobile development, the problem with loading content as a remote asset resource is you end up calling all this different stuff and you end up repainting the page several times. So I'm sure you've been on a mobile experience where like the font loads after the entire page is loaded or like an image loads and all the stuff that's jumbled around or worse, like you get multiple style sheets and the colors start to change. You have all this stuff that just feels awful. So one of the things that AMP does and it's sort of its HTML requirements is it says, hey, no more of that. Let's find a way to do a lot of the, the secret performance hacks that people have been trying to do for a long time or have been doing for a long time and actually make it the requirement for everyone. So for example, CSS has to be less than 50 kilobits. It has to be in line with the document so that in one round trip request, when you get the entire uh, web page, you also get all of the CSS styles that are required. You also have to draw the boxes as you're sort of building up this page. So instead of having these page refreshes, you actually have the ability to get the fastest mobile experience out of the box. And so from a user experience standpoint, like it actually does make it a lot you know, a lot more interesting, a lot more useful. Um, in terms of its origin... Uh, Wait, that, sorry, can I pause you on that? Because please. you were talking about before you go into the origin thing. I would actually disagree that it, in terms, it, that it, it across the board makes it a better user experience because just like with your business goals, that depends on what you're, what you're trying to get out of the web, right? So if you're just reading articles and you just want that text, then yes, it is absolutely a better experience. If you're trying to have a design rich or a, you know, more 
well, I guess just design heavy or, or that side of, you know, conceptual site, it's not as reliant on text, then maybe it's not a better experience. Well, I, I think that one of the problems that we've seen over the last 30 years uh, of web development, right? Like I can imagine this is something that Steve can probably talk about quite a bit. And when you used to have to, well, I, I'm <laughs> not thinking you, of, the old guy? I think I'm, he just I'm called you old. Oh my like, God. <laughs> hey, I, I, I saw Zeke interaction slash websites on archive.org. No, <laughs> no, the, very seriously, like it, it's really hard to draw stuff on the web, right? I, my, my background before diving deep into technology was very much in design and it's hard to paint good pictures. So the vast majority of people who are trying to make pretty things end up resorting to hacks and visual builders uh, and you end up with these really complicated ways to do stuff. Um, my, my feeling is that if we had more time, more money, more resources, uh, we'd have the ability to make this stuff all you know, clean in one given layout. Right. So as we think about CSS, like we should really be asking this question, like, is there a way to do it better? Is there a way to do it faster? Is there a way for us to have more time and be able to unpack this stuff that like AMP makes a couple of requirements of the people who are putting together websites to produce a higher level experience. So I could see, say, in your, your example, like if you don't have the resources, maybe AMP isn't a thing that's easily achievable. But through things like the AMP plugin that help uh, do things like CSS tree shaking. So that, that 50 kilobit limit may be really hard to meet, but there's actually a bit of cool computer science work that the team has actually put together. And it finds all the unused CSS and eliminates it from that given piece. And it makes it so that you only have the required CSS loading as part of that web page. So see, it's, it's, it's a little weird because as someone who has uh, performance as part of his, his actual job title, senior performance engineer, uh, I can't understand AMP. Um, it reminds me of, um, remember those plugins that everybody ran to give you a mobile view of their site? Oh, back yes. on, uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. J- just, just a few years ago. Oh, that is the worst. Yeah, that is. Yeah, well, I didn't. Well, if anybody touch. touches no, this right. show, yes, we're de- we're, uh, we're talking yeah. to you. Yeah, <laughs> are they still around? Go ahead. Um, probably, um, maybe, possibly. Okay. Uh, I, I'm sure that the. But anyway, um, those those plugins I have as somebody who. Uh, despite being performance oriented, who cares a lot about design, um, I have um, a sort of a- adverse reaction uh, to seeing something that standardizes. Uh, here's what an article looks like, no matter. And and of course, you can use some uh, custom, you know, look and feel and and change things a little bit. But it all just looks the same. It's also GD boring. So this is a really good example. This is actually a really good example because I would entirely agree with you, Jason, but based on like how AMP was seen in the wild, like over a year ago. Right. Right. Because like, and this is one of the, like, it's a totally fair thing. It's like, all right, you had the AMP plugin for WordPress and like all the sites kind of look the same. You have that shade of blue and like these and, and yeah. And where, and we have, that has not been solved, but when you think about what AMP is at its core, that ended up being the first expression nothing to do with it's where we think this is going to go, but that's what we barely form opinions based on of like the popular deployments of it, even if it could do more. So, so I was, absolutely. I, I was, I was kind of kind of going to mirror what Jason said and address Leo's old guy comment uh, at the same time. Um, <laughs> you know, Sorry if I make you feel old. What, no, it's all right. What's, what's funny about this business and, 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 and publishing, uh, 
in, in general is what's old is new again, always. Everything in this business is cyclical, right? So we used to have to, uh, I mean, when I first started this business, I used to have to fit everything on a floppy disk, right? Or if it was an AOL download, it had to be under a meg. Um, and a meg was pushing pushing the limits of AOL. And we were working in director at the time and it took, of the meg, 850K of that was the player itself. So you had 150K which to work in uh, with which to work in for your content. And that included your yep. graphics, your music, any sound effects, uh, anything. And so I learned at that time how to, how to really think about uh, file size, right? And so that gave me an advantage early on the web when bandwidth wasn't an issue. But for, for I think over time, web developers have become somewhat lazy because bandwidth is not really an issue anymore, except... Now we have to build for mobile where bandwidth is kind of an issue, right? And the experience is, is completely different from desktop. And now mobile is well over 50% of, uh, of our users. So what's old is new again. And so I think my point here is um, whether you're a developer or a content publisher or anything, or, and whether you're using AMP or not, all of this stuff is important to your end user experience, right? So whether you're using AMP or not, speed, file size and speed uh, is very important. And your Google Analytics will immediately reflect that. I had a, uh, a conversation with a client yesterday uh, because we, we launched a new site and he was concerned because his bounce rate was going up, right? And I looked at one of his pages and very simply, um, he, some, one of his editors had just posted a whole bunch of very large photos, right? And, and the theme that they were using, which we inherited, used the original size photos rather than a smaller size of the photo, which is one of the first things we would have put in place. Right. It was, it's a very simple fix. Right. But those are, those are things that, that people who don't watch our show or aren't experienced with WordPress don't really think about. And that does, that all sort of plays into this. You know, I I was at a meetup the other day or a couple months ago where we were having people like show and tell on their sites. And I saw that several times where it's like good. And because the Wi-Fi was a little bit slower there. And that that's one of the most common things I see is like people load their images. Ultimately it's like, man, the WordPress and the tools we use should solve for things like that without like having to install separate. And they they do if you're following best practices, but that's a big one might argue best practices should be baked in, but you know, and, and Jason, I, I think the biggest difference between the WP Touch and like, you know, the MDOT or the, the almost WAP era of, of WordPress that we see now is that like, well, A, we have open frameworks so that all this stuff is based on. B, we know that we have clear, proven user experience benefits. And C, a lot of this stuff is actually automated, converting real HTML5 stuff to real app HTML stuff. And there are clear metrics to it. There are tons of tools. It's really developer friendly. And we've spent a lot more time than just, you know, creating these paid services where people show up to conferences saying, give this $14.95 for our plugin and suddenly you have a, a fast mobile site. Like, no, like we've actually thought a lot about free stuff that is entirely based on open source, you know, pieces. And I think at the end of the day, it, it's one of those things where if you really want to see SEO benefits, performance benefits, UX benefits, there is a clear path there. Uh, I actually saw something this morning on Search Engine Land about how Google is talking about how they improve their internal SEO. And it's through two things through PWAs, which are super interesting that we should talk about at some point in the future, and AMP. Uh, and those two things are PWA actually how Google is, is progressive web application. Just for our audience, go ahead. And uh, I, it's actually quite funny, Steve, that you talk about how the old things are new again and how the new things are old. Like, this is literally the classic problem where I, re- I remember when I was in college, uh, at 10K Apart was the big thing. 10K Apart where they're making games that all have to fit, you know, 10 kilobits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where, you know, on a floppy disk, you could have it fit 140, you know, kilobits, or 140 games all in one floppy disk. It's quite a fun time. Uh, 
at the same time, I, I think it's actually quite critical for us to understand that as the web gets faster, as 5G becomes a real thing, as, as gigabit internet becomes even more proliferated, if we can still make things smaller and, and more performant, it makes everyone's experiences better. Um, it makes things like web packaging and all the benefits of web packaging significantly easier. It makes it so that you can download not just one page, but an entire website in a single request. Like these are the things that the future will bring us. Uh, but it all starts with some of the things now. And, and, and of course, to, to fit in with the whole, uh, you know, WordPress uh, mission statement of democratizing publishing, um, the, the fact of the matter is, uh, yeah, 5G is coming, uh, we have fiber, but there is so many parts of the developing world who need this thin HTML as much as I personally don't care for how it looks or anything else. I, I do think it's a good thing. And actually, um, I was surprised to hear, I haven't been following AMP super closely. I was surprised and, and pleased to hear that they've moved to an open governance thing because that was one of the biggest things that bugged me about AMP was the yeah. fact that basically we are letting Google be the gatekeeper for so much of our internet. Now that um, Internet Explorer is moving their rendering engine or whatever they're going to edge is is moving to, to Chromium as, uh, as that and, and how much of our web is controlled by Google. I can't, sorry, Jason, fucking stand it. And it drives me <laughs> bananas. Not the first F word on this show, by the way. <laughs> no, no, I, I know, I know, but I'm still just trying to make sure that we, we keep the, uh, the clean tag for Tucker, you know? To that point that you're saying there, I think that uh, to the point of our, you know, WordPress's mission you know, we talk a lot about democratizing publishing, but that's not just democratizing the people to be able to express themselves and publish publish stuff. It is also about the other side for people to be able to read that stuff. Because yeah. if you're just publishing in a vacuum, does that matter? So to your point of and, and, and to the point of AMP is that it should be something that this this does help access. This does provide information communication and maybe you know, the heavy graphics and all of that stuff isn't as important. And also within that, uh, I also wanted to make a point that, you know, we've, whether it was back in the day with the thing Steve was talking about or the 10K software that you were talking about, um, limits tend to breed innovation, like Twitter with its 140 characters mm -hmm. and whatnot. So as we are trying to be more concise in our code or in our content to get that information across to people, that helps us be more effective. But here's the thing about AMP though. AMP actually isn't a limiting experience. There's certain parts of front-end development that people just don't do very well. A lot of those things are standardized. And there's also things like custom properties. It actually makes it so that you can do quite a bit more. There are dynamic, dynamic components that make it so that, uh, that static content can load quickly, but dynamic things can load you know, uh, asynchronously in the background after the initial paint has been, been drawn. There's a lot more that AMP can do than just loading fast mobile pages. And, and that's the thing that, like, I don't know, Jason, I would love to, like, talk with you about this at some point further. Like, this is a really exciting framework, and it isn't just, you know, a plugin that makes some extra stuff in the background. Well, and, you know, so there's some of the links there, like, it's, look at some of, there's not a whole, like, we're still early in this process, but what you're going to see a lot more of is sites that you don't notice are running AMP. Like you wouldn't even think about it except like, wow, this loads really fast, right? Like if you look at the AMP product site, there's some example resources and example sites that like, it's just a regular looking site. It just happens to load really fast. I'm just marvelously and delighted with how much 
uh, all this ecosystem is growing out of just wanting a more open alternative to Facebook and instant articles, yeah. which thankfully now seems to have I missed something or is it mostly like dead and gone at this point? It it was it was the turd in the punch bowl. Like yeah, I think they they took it off. It. The, all the publishers like revolted. Um, so I mean, there's that. I mean, I think a lot of this is just an extension of a much earlier Google project from uh, like eight years ago. If anyone else remembers Google Gears, mm-hmm. which uh, yeah. WordPress supported for a while. Yep. As a way of uh, just preloading all your static assets in advance before you actually need them. Hey George, uh, our PWA plugin brought back Turbo Mode with uh, because of course Google Gears. Of course you did. <laughs> Hashtag inside joke. Like, clearly <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know what. Eight years ago, eight years ago, WordPress had something called Turbo Mode. You can look it up. It's a real thing. And so Turbo Loader? Turbo, Turbo Mode. mode. Turbo yeah. Mode. It used Google Gears, which basically was a project concept that let the browser pre-download all the assorted image assets and whatnot that the site uses based off a manifest. So they're already in the browser's cache before you ever get to a page that uses them to speed things up. It was HTTP2 before. They're like, here's everything. (laughs) Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Have a local copy of our website. Well, and it was Google, in particular, Triple Mode was focused on the admin. So like, at one point, it's still true today, but like WordPress has all these scripts that run in the background. Mm-hmm. So it got all those stuff randomly that you would need to be able to do stuff in the dashboard and it prepared it all. Uh, but one of the minor features that we built over last year was turbo mode again, because why not? Awesome. Well, I want to say thank you all for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Um, this, this just reminds me of like AOL. It's like you almost think like you wanted like a keyword WP water course. <laughs> <laughs> I think I still have a disc with a thousand hours on here somewhere. <laughs> right. So I want to say th- thank you for my panelists here for coming and hanging out with us. I really appreciate it. I want to, I want to uh, thank uh, uh, Desktop Server and ServerPress for helping us out with uh, this particular episode. I really appreciate that. And um, if you like this content, hit share, share it with somebody, um, and uh, be able to you know get get some folks to really start talking about AMP and how you should be using AMP on your website. What if, what if you don't like this content? There's a thumbs down button. You can definitely push the thumbs down button. We get that happening every once in a while. Why not? He'll He'll find you. (laughs) George will find you. Three viewers. We can find out which one is the process of elimination. We're tracking tracking down your IP address right now. Freedom expression. All right, folks. Talk to y'all later. (laughs) Bye-bye.